Well, good morning. Welcome to another online worship service at Lincoln Hills Christian Church. I am so glad to announce to you that we are starting a, a four-week series called Vital Tweaks in Four Weeks. And this is going to be a series about getting our discipleship in order, fine-tuning it. To illustrate this, I want to use a, a tool that guitar players use. It's called a snark. It's a tuning device. Now, what I've done is I've uh, taken the first string on my guitar, and I have just pulled it way out of tune. And here's what it sounds like out of tune. That's a C chord, and that first string is just way out. Now, I'm going to take this little device, and I'm going to turn it up and get it in, in tune. Now listen to this C chord. See how beautiful that is? All the strings are in harmony. You know, just like a guitar, our lives, our spiritual lives can get out of tune. And so, to me, this illustrates the fact that, that we need to continually tweak our spiritual life. And that's what we want to talk about for four weeks. But what I want to encourage you today about is to snark your heart. That means to fine-tune it. Now, a tweak is to adjust or to fine-tune. And by the way, this vital tweaks in four weeks... This is an opportunity for all of us to fine-tune our relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus called us all to go and make disciples. And it, it, it's, it's just a great command that He gave us, you know, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So my idea today is that a fine-tuned disciple is a better disciple-maker. We've been talking this whole year about being disciples who make disciples, in turn, who make disciples. And that's so important to the growth of the kingdom that Jesus gave us. So, what is out of tune in your life? What caused it? Now, for my guitar, the environment has a lot to do with the guitar staying in tune. If you put it in a hot car or you put it in a cold place, those strings are going to either expand or contract, and it'll be out of tune when you pick it up. Maybe you've neglected it. There are times when people go through seasons where they don't play the guitar. And so it's either in the case or it's on a guitar stand somewhere in the house, and you don't pick it up for a long time. Well, the, the, the guitar will go out of tune, so you have to tune it back up again. We can neglect our own spiritual lives. We can get in that mood to where we're not doing very many things to, to fine-tune our spirituality in our lives. And so... Just like we can neglect the guitar, we can neglect our own spiritual life. What about abuse? Now, I want you to watch this clip because these guys are really abusing a guitar. The honky tonk man shoving Elizabeth down and then standing over her like hey. he did. She's taking off to save her own hide. Unfortunately, there's no one in the ring right now to save Randy Savage, and he's going to get hit. Honky tonk man just measuring Randy Savage, trying to lay him open. The Heart Foundation continuing to look at a look on his face. Honky Tonk Man with guitar. Prayers bucket. Oh, oh no. Look Those professional wrestlers we just saw really abused that guitar. But we can abuse a guitar. You know, we can abuse our own spiritual lives, actually, by not taking care of ourselves or, or using our spirituality in the wrong way to maybe get back at somebody or make them feel bad. Also, an accident can happen. Uh, somebody could come along and turn those little tuning note nuts on the guitar, and it can go out of tune. 
So old strings will go out of tune because they have been stretched to their max and they will not hold a tune anymore. The same kind of thought, you put new strings on and you have to stretch those strings and, and tune that thing up several times in two or three days. Every time you pick it up, you probably will have to stretch those new strings. So let's talk about three ways that we can tweak our hearts because we want to snark our heart today. That's what we're talking about. Tweak number one is that we need to give our heart to Jesus. Now, I know what you're thinking, Webby. I'm, I have faith. I've repented of my sins. I've been baptized into Jesus. I, you know, I, I've given my heart to Jesus. But here, here's what I want to draw your attention to. It's vital that Jesus is Lord. We want Him as Savior. Everybody will say, I want to go to heaven. Most people, anyway. But you see, this love relationship has to be strong. It's not a casual relationship. Jesus has to be Lord. I love what Peter writes in, in uh, the third chapter in the 15th verse where Peter says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Revere Him as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. See, the problem is our hearts can be invaded by other affections. Our own selfish physical, human desires, opinions, worldly wisdom, circumstances. How many Christians react to circumstances and react to circumstances and react to circumstances? It's like living on a roller coaster. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. That's not in any way for a Christian to live. But you see, this relationship that we have you say, well, I have a relationship with Jesus because I've done what He's asked me to do. Well, I want to put a big but right behind that, a B-U-T with a question mark. But what about your own ability to tweak your own spiritual life? Uh, let me remind you of something. Redemption is not a tweak. That is a total change. And that's not what we're talking about. You see, two things happen when you when you, your faith leads you to repent, and then you're baptized into Jesus. In Acts, the second chapter, we're told that our sins are removed, and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now God has come into our lives to live in us. Our sins are forgiven. From that moment on, they do not exist. And then the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit helps us to live the life, a life and a lifestyle, total adjustment. And that's what's difficult about most people, is trying to make that big adjustment. Jesus says in Luke eleven thirty five, see to it. I love that. See to it. Jesus says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Wow. That has been one of my favorite verses for years. I think that is one of the most provocative thoughts it will, you can think about it and think about it and think about it and say, do I really understand this? I do, I believe, because he says, see to it then that the light that's inside of you is not darkness. In other words, I have got to make a total change when I come to Jesus in my, my thoughts, my inner person, everything. And then he finishes that statement by saying, fill your whole body with light. 
And, and of course, we know Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Uh, Jack Cottrell, professor at uh, Cincinnati University, which is Bible, Bible college, a seminary. I love Jack Cottrell. He's very deep, but he's also very thorough in his doctrinal stance on, on Scripture. But he brings out the fact that Philippians 2.12 tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's what we should be doing. That's why we need to learn to tweak our spiritual lives. Particularly, we need to learn to tweak our hearts. Because it's all about maturing. It's all about holy living. Now, to be holy is to be separate from the world. Uh, making sure, Jack Cottrell says, that we put the old sinful self to death. And that's something we have a hard time doing, is putting our old sinful person to death. Here's what Jack writes. To accomplish this, he says, we must consciously use our knowledge of the Word, our free will, our willpower, and our spiritual energy for the purpose of walking in holiness, obeying the new covenant law code, and resisting temptations, and fighting sin and Satan in every way in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a, that is a great list of things that, that Jesus says that we should do. And I like what Jack, how Jack Cottrell puts it. It's a big deal to give your heart to somebody, isn't it? You ever fallen in love? Maybe you're in love right now. I hope you are. If you're married, uh, uh, you got somebody that's significant in your life. Look, not only is it a big deal to give your life to someone else, it's a big deal to give your life to Jesus to surrender your total life to Him for His purposes. Because you see, we put others ahead of ourselves when we fall in love with them. Uh, in Ephesians, the third chapter and the 16th verse, Paul prays for those Ephesian Christians. And uh, it's very interesting what he, what he does. He says, I pray out of His glorious riches, talking about the glorious riches of Jesus, that He may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. Remember I said a moment ago, major tweak in your life was when you accepted Christ and were baptized into Him. The Holy Spirit came to live in you. Verse 17, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Paul prays for these Christians. He's saying as disciples, uh, you are in love with Jesus, and, and I'm praying that out of His glorious riches, your life is going to be exactly what it should be. Let me ask you a question. Are you camping every now and then with Jesus? Or... Are you living with Jesus? In John 14, 23, Jesus says these words, We will come to Him, talking about coming to someone who's outside of uh, God's will, and make our home with Him. You see, we fold up the tent and we bring the camper back and we clean it up and we park it, and then we go camping again. That's a temporary thing. But Jesus wants to... Uh, this wants us to understand that he, he makes His home with us through the Holy Spirit. So we should, we should give our hearts totally to Jesus. The second tweak in our lives is to embrace your new life in Christ. 
Philippians 3.13 Forget what is behind, strain toward what is ahead. Maturity is more than outward motions that we do, but it's the embrace of Jesus as a lifestyle. Fine-tuning our lives for the sake of others, we become a new creature. Now, it's illustrated in a band. You have a stage full of band players and instruments. If one of those instruments is out of tune, that's going to affect the entire band on the stage. It's going to affect how the music sounds. We've already demonstrated that this morning. So we all are to look after each other. And if we embrace this new creature that we are, this new life in Jesus, then we will be able to do that. We need to let the new person live like Jesus. There's a key here that in Philippians 3.15 where Paul says all of us who are mature, and that's what we're talking about, maturing, should take such a view of things. In 3.16 he says only let us live up to what we have already obtained. And that's why we tweak. We We've attained some spiritual growth in Jesus Christ, but we need to tweak it to where we do that deeper and deeper, and we are more mature and more mature in the way we live. It's the only way to become a disciple who makes a disciple. A maturing disciple embraces this new life. The third tweak is this. Take over my life, Jesus. Have you said that to him? Take over. My life, Jesus. We need to tweak our total ambition in life. The things that matter to Jesus and not the things that matter to me or to you. I like this idea of a mindset. And if you define a mindset, it says a fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to and interpretations of situations. You look at things like Jesus does, not like we do. That's what happens when we let Jesus take over. And I love this little short definition of a mindset. An inclination or a habit. A habit. That's something that happens naturally, automatically, because we have matured to the point to where we have, been, uh, we have let Jesus take over everything in our lives and we allow Him to rule in our lives. If Jesus has my heart, He has my mind, He has my attitude, then this changed heart and this changed mindset is going to be powerful in the kingdom to make another disciple. Now Paul in Philippians, uh, I don't think you can talk about discipleship without Philippians 2. Starting in verse 1 he says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Think like Jesus, but all of you are thinking the same thing. Having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That is a mature disciple. Encourage, comfort. Uh, see, there's a Greek word here that's used as paraklesis, and it means strong. 
That same word in the Latin means fortis, which means brave. We are to be brave and strong and fellowship with the Spirit. And that way we will have the tenderness and compassion of Jesus. Jesus has my heart. Jesus has my mind. I thought about a new baby. You know, we're in the hospital, that new kid, and the dad's holding him, learning to feed him, and, and all that good stuff. And in a few days or hours, you go home, and then life sets in. The baby starts to cry all night, okay? It's getting real now. The baby has to have their diapers changed all the time. And pretty soon, the new wears off of this relationship between you and the baby. You remember that new car smell? Wow, nothing like a new car smell. It's so unique. Well, now, if your car's a year old or maybe a few months old, it smells like you <laughs> more than it does a new car. So what's next? Well, the greatest moment is when you know that you have turned stuff over to Jesus. I mean all of your stuff. Your language, your chain, your, uh, all the changes that take place. Uh, your temper is less. Uh, you choose to let Jesus have His space in you. The Holy Spirit wins the majority of the battles inside. That's when we know we are maturing. When the Holy Spirit wins most of the battles that we have inside. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, uh, answers the question, well, how do I know that Jesus is calling the shots? Well, it's pretty easy to know if you... Uh, when you read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Let me refresh you on it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Wow, I'm maturing. I'm gentle to everybody. The Lord is near, so He's always with us. Do not be anxious about anything. Do you worry over this world and everything else? But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends and all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a mature disciple. Finally, brothers, he says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul writes, and you've seen in me, I've, I've shown it to you in my lifestyle, he says, put it into practice, and God, the God of peace, will be with you. That is a mature, mature disciple. I love what Paul writes in Colossians 3, 1, 2. He says, your life is hidden in Christ. So who, who do, peop, do, do people see more of you or more of Jesus in your attitude? Because you have, have tweaked your heart to where it's mature. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from your heart. Wow. And in Proverbs 27.19, Before they had mirrors, I love this image, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Let that sink in. So I need to tweak my heart. I need to snark my heart. I need to fine-tune it. So, how do we close this up today? Tweak number one, think of a big G. Give your heart to Jesus totally. Tweak number two, think of an E. Embrace your new life in Christ. Tweak number, number three is T. 
Take my life over. Please, Jesus, take it over. So here's what we've got. When you think about fine-tuning your heart, think about get, G-E-T. Once in Christ, I am on mission, and Christ expects me to mature so that I can make a disciple that makes a disciple. Folks, the first step is that sin breaks the image of God in us. So we need to be completely restored. I remember when Marcy was, my youngest daughter was about two years old. She was in my office and I was preparing to sing for somebody's wedding. And back then I was playing a 12 string guitar. 12 string guitar puts a, there's so many strings it puts a lot of pressure on the neck of the guitar. I finished practicing my song. She was walking around in the office playing and doing stuff. I turned and, and leaned my guitar against my file cabinet, which is metal, of course. I went back to do something else and I got busy and in a minute I heard something slide and then I heard something bang. I turned quickly and Marcy had moved over to my 12-string guitar and in her youngness had shoved it over and it fell with the strings facing the floor, which was a concrete floor with a little thin carpet on it. As soon as those strings, that, that neck hit that floor, the neck broke, just popped it. And all the strings, of course, went loose. I had to get a professional to fix that guitar neck. Let me tell you something. If you're, if you're sin life, if you've never given yourself to Jesus, you need more than a fine tune. You're broken and you need to be fixed. And Jesus, the blood of Jesus, His death on the cross, His resurrection from the dead, He can remove your sin. He can make you a brand new creature. And then you can start tweaking your heart so that you mature in Christ Jesus. And I invite you, I invite you to find out how you can give your life to Jesus. And of course, we here at Lincoln Hills on staff and, and uh, many people who uh, are in this congregation can share that message with you. If you've got a friend that you know that comes to the hills, talk to them about it. Listen, snark your heart. A snark is a, is a fine-tuning instrument. It helped me get some, keeps my guitar in tune. I'm asking you today to tweak your heart, to snark it, get it back in tune if it's out, and live a fine-tuned discipleship life because then you will be more prepared to make a disciple that makes a disciple. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word and the power of your word. Our prayer is, Lord, that these words today will touch your heart and your mind, that there will be change in us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us in Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.